In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Welcome to Colorado Hunting Hub. This podcast is designed to talk about everything hunting in Colorado. Whether you're a new hunter, old timer, or something else, Colorado Hunting Hub will have something for you. I'm your host, Clint Whitley, and let's get started. Everyone, in this episode, we've got um, weekend shed hunting updates, finding GPS collars on animals or shooting them with collars posting your pictures of your dead animals aka gripping grins and a little bit about what we're seeing on i hunt colorado's facebook page but most importantly this is an episode on north american model of wildlife conservation and we need it we need to know what it is and it's good for me to review and see that stuff so uh first thing is first had a pretty sweet shed hunting trip just this last weekend went with my family uh didn't really find a whole lot didn't spend actually a whole lot of time shed hunting but probably six hours of hiking and found an average guy's collection of antlers bunch of chalk bunch of uh an old, good old deadhead from a deer which is kind of cool but pretty average in the world of what you could expect to find if you spent some time in some halfway decent country been burned a little bit more than that in previous hunts so i was excited to find a few things including my wife found a, a little deer shed so i was excited for her to find something that she hadn't in a while forgot the kids backpack so that was a mistake but i threw them in my exo mount gear backpack and slid them in and actually rode kind of nicely it was nice and tight against my back i was hiking way better introduced my wife to trekking poles and she realized yes she felt a little older but realized that they were very nice and she's not always the most sure-footed 
So that was a uh, kind of a cool thing for her to realize how nice trekking poles were and realize I'm not just an idiot, but I'm sold on those, allowing me to go further and allowing her to go further. I saw a comment on iHunt Colorado uh, about finding GPS collars or shooting animals with GPS collars. Uh, I personally found a dead moose with a collar and smelt her first out shed hunting. Smelt it. Just, I knew it was like, oh, there's dead something. Got to go find that. Could be a nice dead head of some sort or whatever. And ended up being a cool find. It was a cow moose. She had died for some unknown reason, probably old age or weather, who knows. But had a GPS collar, ear tags on it. So I plugged my nose, cut all that stuff off, and contacted Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Talked to the biologist, and she said I could keep it, but just needed some numbers off of it. Pulled the data and sent it to me. It was really neat to see kind of the movement of moose or that moose and see where it all kind of was originally caught and uh, what its movements were. So that was really neat to see. So one of the things that I saw in the comments was good to shoot them or not. You see an animal with a, a GPS collar. Well, some are collared for mortality studies. So if you decide not to shoot it, then you've disrupted the mortality study because they want to know if a hunter had shot that versus a mountain lion killed it. Killed it. So I've heard various things. I'm not going to hesitate to uh, to shoot something. If that's the animal I was after, I'm not going to hesitate and not shoot it just because it's got a GPS collar on it. So if you have a different opinion, let me know uh, and I'll share it. Noticed a, a few pictures in the last year not anything recently but our grip and grin pictures and wanted to share a little bit on that and my opinion so uh, it's my opinion i'll give you a little disclaimer there but seeing a bunch of really graphic up close entrance wounds that sort of thing uh that one mountain lion that got shot at point blank range with a bow or an arrow and the guy zoomed in on the face and and showed that don't know if that's something that you need to post. I mean, I, I've not posted pictures before of, uh, I, I shot a whitetail when I was in college and that thing, uh, it's it just one of those horrible scenarios where it just would not go down and it, uh, it was not a pretty picture. So I didn't ever show anyone do anything with that picture. I still have it somewhere. I haven't seen it in a long time, but Definitely did not get posted, and I've not reposted it since. So that may be something to think about. No reason to have that that out there being so graphic. Tuck the tongues in, wipe, pick the, move the animal around so there's less blood of some sort. I think that's a, a much better way to do it. And even in the trapping world, you don't see guys posting the dispatch videos, or even in their their. Uh, educational videos you're not seeing them dispatch the animal so i don't think it's important for us to be showing things that are too uh bloody and gory believe me i'm a fan of grip and grins it's a great way to share that memory and recall that memory just got to do it in a way that's not gonna hurt our our hunting privileges other things that i've seen on i hunt colorado thought were pretty cool it's kind of cool to see homemade projects the way you guys are organizing your gear that's kind of motivating and fun to see help to other guys with that sort of stuff good to see some limited draw help helping each other around with that i always get motivated motivated by 
seeing guys uh what they find shed hunting so that's always fun and then i like taxidermy seeing their guys taxidermy if good or bad it's kind of fun to watch we're moving on north american model of wildlife conservation so this started back in the 1800s uh, when the market hunting was such an issue and decimated populations like the passenger pigeon and decimated populations of buffalo, white-tailed deer, turkeys, and all those which were put on the edge of extinction. So 1918, 1934, 1937, 1950, all in that time frame, there was a bunch of acts, Migratory Bird Act, uh, Conservation Stamp, Stamp Act, Federal Aid and Wildlife Restoration Act, all of those uh, contributed funds to wildlife conservation. So that's the Pittman-Robertson Act. Every time you buy a rifle, ammunition, that sort of thing, a percentage of those taxes or the funds go to cons- directly to conservation. Uh, the Sports- Sport Fish Restoration Act, that was the Dingle Johnson one, so you buy fishing equipment, same thing. The- those funds get allocated out to each of the state agencies. And state agencies are all funded just a little differently Colorado's is funded through GOCO, Garfield County Outdoor, that's my work, Uh, GOCO, Get Outdoors Colorado, which is lottery funds. And those, uh, uh, not all all funded by that, but you get that. And then there's license sales as well as the Pittman-Robertson and uh, Dingle Johnson funds. So this was a very, very large source of funds to conservation across all of North America. So when they saw those decreases in wildlife numbers, they enacted these seven features to create what's now known as the North American model. And it's very distinct. Uh, The seven features include wildlife is a public resource. It's considered a public resource. It's independent of the land and water where wildlife may live. Uh, Government have various levels in managing those, which we can see, as we know, our constitution, the power to the states to manage manage multiple things, but power to the states. That's what allows uh, us then to manage wildlife differently as a public resource. Secondly, markets for game have been eliminated. So not buying and selling of game meat or parts, there's still... You can still buy and sell antlers. You can still uh, buy and sell fur. Fur bears is uh, continues as a highly regulated activity, and probably a few other things you can buy and sell, but pretty much limited to not being able to buy and sell. Creating a removing that market, which led to the pretty much the extinction of the passenger pigeon. Three allocation of wildlife law. Wildlife is a public resource managed by the government. As a result, access to wildlife for hunting is done through legal mechanisms such as hunting seasons, bag limits, and license requirements. So we've been allowed to hunt them. That's a part of our North American model. Four, wildlife can only be killed for a legitimate purpose. So the whole wanton waste law, not leaving things to to rot, that's why we have to take all four quarters of back straps and tenderloins in this state and in other states that's more strict or less strict. Number five, wildlife species are considered an international resource. 
some species like migratory birds cross different borders. So there is uh, a migratory bird treaty act. And then there's also the CITES act. If you ever caught a bobcat uh, or shot a bighorn sheep or something that needs a seal to it, uh, they are a bear mountain lion. All those get, get a seal to them. And that's just to make sure if things are going across the borders, they're going legally. Number six, science is a proper tool for discharge of wildlife policy. In order to manage wildlife as a shared resource fairly, objectively, and knowledgeably, decisions must be based on sound science, such as annual waterfowl population surveys and the work of professional wildlife biologists. Boom, right there. That's that's a monster, monster one right there that we are basing things on science. And seven, the democracy of hunting. In keeping the democratic principles, government allocates access to wildlife without regard for wealth, prestige, or land ownership. That's there because that's the way it is in Europe in some countries. None of the words in this entire document say anything about emotion, basing things on emotion. So that says it right there. We're basing things on sound science. We're allowing hunting and we're going to, through the, we're allowing management of the species through hunting, removing market hunting. And this conservation model has been worked on continuously from the 1800s and is not an old document. You, you do a little more Google and you can see that it actually was just finally put into a professional form within the last 20 years. So that's a big deal. There you have it. North American model of wildlife conservation. I think this is a very, very important thing that we all need to know as hunters and use that in discussing changes, concerns, issues we have with uh, wildlife decisions. And if you're you're contacting any of your commissioners, this would be something to bring up because they follow it. And in any of the conservation or any of the conversations we've had with CPW representatives, almost all of them have brought this up. So they are using it. And that's it. I want to thank uh, iHunt Colorado for supporting this podcast. Onyx Hunt, if you haven't look uh haven't signed up for the giveaway make sure you do that in the show notes below thanks for listening right outside of this one church town there's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing got a deed to the land but it ain't my ground this is god's country Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.